Welcome back to A Fine Time for Healing, a place where your physical, emotional, and spiritual well-being are all that matter. So put your feet up, relax, and enjoy today's show. Today, we have with us Raquel Reyna, who is a revolutionary human design teacher. She has her master's degree in spiritual psychology. She has been on a spiritual journey of awakening since the age of 23, when she traveled the world going through a shamanic initiation with one of the most powerful shamans in the world. She is a spiritual shock igniter who has since helped countless people transform their lives by understanding their personalized success code in the internationally known creative coaching certification school she founded. Um, and there's so much more to tell you about Raquel, but I'm going to let her tell you. So welcome, Raquel, and it's so nice to meet you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. So tell us a little bit about yourself, um, other than what I shared, because I know there's more. Yeah, absolutely. So I have been on a spiritual journey, but also a healing journey, you know, healing from all kinds of narcissistic abuse and addiction and all kinds of things that I grew up with that were in my home and then of course passed down and so I did go on a spiritual journey that also turned into a healing journey and I've always been a seeker I've been looking to find out why are we here what is reality? All of these simple questions that I could never understand why no one else was wanting to know. Mm -hmm. And it led me to my master's in spiritual psychology, which was really helpful, really useful, absolutely powerful. And yet still, I found myself confused and troubled on how to merge all the things I'm learning in the spiritual dimensions, the healing world, and the practical world. How do I have a career? How do I wake up and not be exhausted while you know working and paying the bills and the mortgage and all of these things? That was my real uh, dilemma was how to really merge these things. And that's when I got brought to a system known as human design. And that really, that system really put so many pieces of the puzzle together for me. And it's extraordinary. It merges the ancient mystery schools like the I Ching and the Kabbalah and the chakra system and astrology with modern day sciences, neutrino physics, and quantum physics. And it merges these things in a way that shows you what I consider to be an upgrade in your spiritual knowledge or your knowledge about yourself, why you may be susceptible to certain things, what directions might be best for you, what are some strategies for you. And so this knowledge is an experiment. And so I really began experimenting with it and merging it with all the other tools that I learned in spiritual psychology and shamanism and all the things that I studied so that I could create a life where I wake up and feel inspired and I feel like I'm on purpose and feel like I'm having my career 
aligned with my life. Mm -hmm. So everything is working together. And so that was the piece that I needed. And so that's the piece that I really teach right now. Uh, And I merge all of the tools, but primarily people come to me to learn more about this unique piece called human design. Okay. That's, um, you know, I love hearing about your journey because I think this is something a lot of people struggle with. How do they merge together what they enjoy, what they know into some kind of thing, like one label, one thing, you know, that they can grasp and share and uh, develop. Um, And human design, I do believe, really pulls together all of those things. And I know for myself, I struggled with very similar things. And I've always been a seeker. I've always asked myself, why, 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 you know? Mm -hmm. So I really get it. I really get it. Um, and I ended up doing work with narcissistic abuse, which you said you have experienced. Um, and that's my expertise. And I do coaching with that. But I also do trauma work, trauma healing with people. So there's so many different approaches. And um, that's why I'm excited to talk to you today about your approach. So your book is called Are You a Mut- Mutant? Okay. <laughs> um, why do you call your book, Are You a Mutant? So the book is a mutant perspective on human design. So the, the mutant is a really interesting term. It's in a term of endearment for those people that are individuals, that are outside the box, that are not going to fit in that are not going to be happy doing the nine to five. They're not going to be happy having a traditional lifestyle. And it's an individualized way of operating in the world. And so there's also another shift uh, that we, we, that I explore in the book come 2027. So in the next, four years, we're heading into another cycle. So you can see this astrology points to different cycles as well. In human design, they're looking at a 411 year cycle that we're at the tail end of, and we're shifting into a new cycle. And one of the main themes of this cycle is all of those tribal, very, very tribal forms that control the way in which you thought, the way in which you worked, the way in which you got married, you know, all of those things are going to start falling apart. And then what's going to, um, um, I want to say sprout out of that, because it really is kind of a new way of being, and we're already seeing it happening, is the unique way that each individual needs to operate as themselves. And what we found, just like a thumbprint or just like your DNA code, is every single person is unique. So in the way that in the 50s, people could wake up, go into a job, have a career that will last their entire lifetime, then have a 401k, retire, that model is 
slowly becoming outdated. Most people have several different careers throughout their lifetime. There's a lot of different ways to make money now. And so that box is already starting to dismantle, for example, right? That's one example. That was the area that for me was one of the most challenging was what do I do for work being so different, being that I am spiritual, I'm creative, I'm, you know, all of these things that if you at, you know, if you looked at now, of course, there's more opportunity. But back when I was in my 20s and in my 30s, you you wouldn't really find any types of jobs. This was before social media. Mm-hmm. There would be no jobs available right. for someone like me, right? right. Mm-hmm. And so that is that is changing. And so the mutant energy is really about the individual expression in in life, in career, also in relationships. You know, what is the best relationship for you? Maybe you don't want to have kids. Maybe you don't want to have, you know, um, a specific traditional marriage, you know, these kind of things. And so you can see it. You can see it in religion. You can see it in, you know, also you can see it in how people take care of their bodies. Like, oh, I want to do health in this way. So it's like the individual expression in life is becoming the new way to live life and that it's shown in the astrology as well as in this system. So it's really interesting. It is very interesting. And what I find is until people claim themselves as individuals apart from everybody else really embrace who they are, um, they're going to be very unhappy. And it's so important. You know, it's this is part of the work that I do with people. It always comes down to who they are as a person, recognizing it, embracing it, loving every part of it, whether they think it's quirky or weird or good or bad, it's who they are. And so this is really um, exciting work that you're doing, and it's it, it's so important for everybody. So, um, in the beginning of your book, you say, as you begin to perceive your own not self life, there begins an inevitable unraveling of realities you may have created for yourself, who you thought you were, stops recreating frustration with its actions, which can be disconcerting at first. So what is our not self life? Yeah, so that is really interesting. So a lot of the journey that I take my clients in is unraveling all of the places where you've been conditioned. So the conditioning is from your parents, from your schooling, from your friends, from Um, you know, just the environment from TV. So a lot of people may have been conditioned to believe, let's say your parents were intellectuals, or they said you needed to be a doctor, or they said you needed to, you know, become a a teacher. Mm -hmm. So when you begin your journey in this world, you're conditioned out of following what is correct for you. Mm -hmm. And that is just across the board. It happens to everyone. 
So in this system, you can actually see exactly where it happens because you're more vulnerable. So it tracks out the areas where you might be more vulnerable to people telling you what to do. And it shows you that, you know, where you may have absorbed that belief system. And it also can show you how you might be acting it out. So people start to recognize, oh, wow, I'm acting that out. And that's not authentic for me. And it really helps to unravel that because it's so subconscious. Mm -hmm. It's so, you know, what we're, we're born and conditioned and, and taught to do and to be and to want. And that really takes some time. And it's oftentimes very hard for people to really understand and really be honest about, mm -hmm. right? Because it's so different than what might be your truth. It's true. And so when people say, I am who I am and I'm not going to change, that's absolutely, that's that's just um, a, someone who is not in touch with uh, who they are and what the possibilities are. Because we aren't who we are. We are who we're, we're conditioned to be. I agree with you. That's a very important point. So we're going to get into the different styles, but you said you were clueless about being a projector. And in typical projector style, um, what is a projector? Yeah, so there are four different aura types in this system. And 70% of the population are generators. So, and generators really is kind of the energy with the word connotates. It's like people who can get up and work and will feel satisfied having energy working and kind of, you know, but the main thing with that is, like I was saying earlier, they won't be able to work doing something that is not satisfying for them. So even though they have the energy to, let's say, do a nine to five where a projector does not at all, um, they cannot be happy if they're doing some type of career or work that they don't want to do. Mm -hmm. So even though 70% of the population is run by this generator fuel, which is about people who can um, get things done. They Let me froze for a second. We'll just, I'm sure Raquel will be back. Hi, you there? Hi. 
We're back. You're back. Okay. Yeah. Your I was just texting your screen froze. Okay. Um, yeah. If that happens, just disconnect and reconnect, and I'll just fill in the gaps. <laughs> oh, sorry. It looked like yours went out. <laughs> I don't know. Now, I mean, yours is fine. Okay. We're still going. We're still going. We're still going. Okay. We're still going. Okay. So yeah. So as far as the the four types, um, the generators have the fuel and the energy. So if we were to like make a movie, you know, the um, the manifester would be the one with the idea, the producer, and they're kind of here to go out and make something happen. Okay. And then the projector is like the director. They're gonna direct and they're gonna oversee what's happening in the in the movie the generators and the manifesting generators are going to be the actors the creatives the um behind the scenes like everybody who's energetically able to make it all happen and then the reflector is one percent of the population and they're they would be like the reviewer or the critic or someone who can like really take the temperature of the movie and be like this movie's ridiculous. Nobody needs to see this movie. So, um, and so that's the four types that kind of help you a little bit gauge what your strategies are, what your, um, your, you know, what way in which you're going to be able to work in the world. And the very, very interesting thing about that is that most of us are trained to be manifestors. So we've heard the term manifestor. Everybody has heard of the law of attraction and manifesting. And yet, why doesn't it work for most of the population? Why is it so many people are still struggling to manifest a life that they really love? Mm -hmm. And so in human design, it says that, well, this is only 8% of the population that's going to have results by going out and making something happen. Mm -hmm. And so it really helps like almost a hundred percent of my clients when they start implementing just the very, very basic fundamental principles, mm -hmm. they start being able to create a life that feels better for them. Okay. And along with um, our type, the manifestor generator, manifesting generator or reflector, projector or reflector. There's also the strategy. Um, talk about that. Right. So with each aura type, this knowledge is an experiment. And the experiment is, here's a unique strategy to live your life. If you try it on for a couple of months, does your life begin to change? Now, the interesting thing about this knowledge is that it is very mutated in that when you experiment, you say to yourself, it's very personal too. So you say to yourself, you know what? I'm really frustrated. I've been trying all this. I've been doing these law of attractions. Nothing's working for me. And you inwardly say, I'm going to experiment with my strategy. The universe starts bringing you opportunities as well as synchronicities that you just cannot deny it's really fascinating so the strategy is the experimentation which with each aura type 
So the experiment is if you lived your strategy, does your life change? Do things get easier? Are you having a better time at work? Are you having opportunities? Are things shifting for you? So that's the experiment. And it is a very uncanny, like I cannot, I can give you example after example after example of my clients who were struggling, who couldn't make anything happen. They implemented their strategy and all the doors started to open for them. Life got easier, but it is not easy. Mm -hmm. The strategies are simple, but it's not easy because we have a battle going on with our mind. Because one of the things that's really important is this aura mechanics, it's an evolutionary process. So human design is saying that we evolved out of the seven center chakras into the nine centers. So the system is, it's nine centers. We went through a stage of evolution. Part of that evolution, and this isn't just that so many spiritual teachers say this as well is that the mind is actually a limited instrument. So the way in which we overthink, the way in which our mind is constantly processing, if our mind is making decisions, then it's an outdated format. Hmm. So if you're making lists or overanalyzing, then it can cause some chaos in, in your reality. So what this system is saying is that the mind is now, we're evolving out of the mind because the mind brought us here, right? The mind is like a very obviously mm-hmm. separated us from other animals and brought us here. But the next stage of evolution is a higher level of intelligence, which we call the vehicle intelligence, right? So this intelligence is bigger than the mind, but that is the battle is like your mind is going to tell you one thing, you should do this because A, B, and C, or you need to do this because this is what makes you money. Or the mind will say, oh, you've been in this career for so many years, you can't leave it. But your vehicle intelligence is saying, it's time to go over here, it's time to do this. So even though it's super simple, it's not easy to follow. So that's the caveat to all of this, right? It's like, here's a system that'll bring you all the success you want, all the satisfaction, but will you be able to follow it? Because that's really the hard part, right? Because you have to get out of your own way. Yes. And that's really, really tough. And, um, you know, I love hearing your explanation because it makes so much sense. I observe the exact same thing. Yes. Um, the way I observe it, though, is that with people who feel like they have to control their life, yep. with people who feel like if I don't do it this way, it's not going to happen. These people get blocked from this flow that you're talking about. So sometimes I have to work with people on letting that block go, letting go of that control and just stepping back and listening, because I know that when you do that, exactly what you said, you begin to get signs, synchronicities, 
you begin to download information, you hear it, you, you, you are open to those things. So I'm really, really glad that you brought that up and or, that this is really part of what you do. Um, and I love the way you explain it. So um, our aura mechanics, okay, so we talked about that, talked about the aura mechanics. Okay, so the strategy is, are there steps to the strategy? Yeah, so the strategy is the first step, and then the next step is the inner authority, and that's a little bit of exactly what you just explained. It's like, okay, so here's the strategy, and then the inner authority is like, what is the inner wisdom Mm -hmm. that you need to follow? So there's like, there's each person will have a little bit of a different inner authority as well, which is really kind of interesting because... Um, again, it's an experiment. So some people have a slower inner authority. They need more time. Some people have an instantaneous inner authority, like, uh uh-huh, uh-uh. They know exactly what's, what's important for them. Some people have an inner authority where they need to kind of talk it out a little bit. And so there's various different inner authorities. So you have your strategy first. And then you have this inner, this inner kind of compass, we call it your GPS system. And what that is, is like, if you get out of your own way, you get out of your mind, you get out of the thinking process, then you can follow what's going on in the inner authority. Now, the other reason why the inner authority is so important is because we, we outsource and abdicate all of our, not all of it, but a lot of people, a lot of the time, let's put it that way, will look outside of themselves for direction, for answers. We consult the psychics. We ask the gurus. We ask the, you know, the priest, what should I do? Tell me what to do. Where do I go? How should I marry this person? Should I not? Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and what this is saying is, no matter how evolved someone else is, no matter how smart someone else is, nobody can know what's correct for your life as well as you know what's correct for your life. So it's what it's doing is it's empowering each and every person to seed their knowledge and their life within themselves and that doesn't sound that dramatic but it actually really is because I know that for me there's so for me personally I was so used to doing that asking people what I should do seeking advice from the outside world I didn't even know that I was subtly uh dis in subtly like um, devaluing what my unique inner process was. And it really took me a lot of time to go back within and then only surround myself with people who let me make my own decisions. Yes. I refer to this as in, in the, your the way that you describe it is so much richer and fuller and in depth. Um, when I'm working with someone who's recovering from 
these emotional abuse issues, we taught we try to move validation from external to internal. Yes. So it's the same thing. Yep. It, it's the same thing, but you describe it in a different way. And um, and I really like the way you describe it. But and as long as we are reliant on others to tell us who we are, we're yes. going to be lost. We're going to be unhappy. We're not going to have the life that we really want to have. Um, we get very caught up in our minds. So yeah. you were saying that we're evolving um, into sort of another kind of human. And I think right now, we, this is why we see such disruption yep. in the world, crazy stuff, because everything is scrambling, but it's going to shift. Well, you know, I would never claim to really know exactly what's going to happen. That's just me personally. You know, the founder of human design did have his prophecy and a lot of people do have prophecy. Um, what I do is I just show you what I do in the book also is I show what the aura mechanics are going to do. So it's just kind of like saying, you know, this is the system. Just like if you look at astrology, you can see the tides and the changes and the way these cycles are moving. And so I I see the cycles and then I tell people what the cycles mean. And then you can make your own decisions about that. So, for example, you know, the the um, the nine centers, that's like the chakra system, you know, um, and this is not the only system that says we have more than seven chakras. So um, according to, you know, many of the ancient mystery schools, they they do this, you know, the head, the the throat and a lot of people are very familiar with those chakras, but some people will show the um, extra chakras. They'll say there's one up above the head or one below. And, mm -hmm. and so human design is saying that there's nine and this is the evolutionary stage that humanity is in. But, you know, it's like, we know that we're evolving because we're looking at all of the digital AI and how, advanced we're getting and obviously humans are expanding and the information is available for us at our fingertips as opposed to you know when I was in high school like you'd go to the library and you'd be looking through the key cards to find out information right now we have it right here at our fingertips so we are there's a lot of different ways to look at this evolutionary stage so in human design, what it's saying is that, you know, we, the biggest problem that we're in right now is the chaos of the mind. And if you looked at what happened in 2020, okay, there was a lot of chaos. There was a lot of confusion. Nobody knew what to believe. Nobody knew what the truth was. There was a lot of fake news, you know, without getting into the politics or even I, I will never even take a stand on anything because I believe that there's so many nuances. But when you're forcing people or trying to create, um, you know, fighting amongst people, then you create confusion 
and you create the fear and then the mind spins out of control. Mm. So if you were to say one thing where humans could be, um, you know, cause the most pandemonium is when we're in our thinking chaos Mm. and that's everything that's happening out there is an out picturing of the chaos that's going on within our own minds. But when you evolve out of the thinking mind and you're able to transcend that, then you move into higher levels of awareness and the higher levels of awareness. We see that with, you know, people who are more, you could see that. Okay. You could see that with enlightened teachers or something like this, people that have more of an awareness, there's more of a calm, they're more, you know, bringing in their insights from beyond the mind. Mm -hmm. So that's the process of evolution that human design is talking about. And then how that's going to play out on the, the global scale and what, how we're going to see that play out with humanity. I don't know. A lot of people have different theories about that. The way I see it is that as long as you're getting to know yourself and as long as you're able to transcend out of the mind, Mm -hmm. then you're going to be able to navigate whatever is present, wherever you are. Because with AI, I do think that it's going to get wherever we were with the social media and the bots and the like all the confusion, Mm -hmm. it's going to intensify Mm -hmm. with the AI because we have the deep fakes and they're so easy to manipulate people. Mm -hmm. And as long as you're confused and you don't know what to think, Mm -hmm. it's going to cause and create more fear and more panic, more confusion. Right. So they're saying that, you know, what human design is saying is that there is a way out. Um, We are evolving and there's going to be a lot of chaos and confusion unless you're able to really navigate outside of the thinking mind. Mm -hmm. So you explained that really, really well. Thank you. In order for someone to evolve out of that, they have to understand that there's more to them than just being a physical being with a brain. And that's something that is a concept that is very difficult for many people to grasp. They think this is who I am. The physical part is what it is. I think the way I think. Um, and I guess, you know, I would always have referred to it as being spiritually open or um, energetically open or something like that. But what do you say to people that say, I'm a physical being with a brain. This is the way I think. This stuff is woo-woo. Right. It does happen. I mean, absolutely. And I do work with a lot of woo-woo people. So, um but here's the simple way that many people can relate to this wisdom is that we say that there's for each type, there's a simple way of seeing if you're on target or off target and everyone can relate to this. So like if you're a generator and you're frustrated in your work or in your life. So frustration is what we call a signature, not self theme. 
So if you're feeling frustrated and usually, you know, people come to change when they're at their breaking point, Mm -hmm. they're so frustrated, they're waking up frustrated, they're waking up burned out. So if you're a generator and you're frustrated at your job, there's a level of frustration that causes you to be willing to experiment with something new. And so it's kind of like that point where you're like, I'm so frustrated. I don't care. Just I'll try it, you know? Mm -hmm. And then once you try something different and your life begins to change, then you start thinking to yourself, hmm, how did that work? What was that? What, you know, and you, and you, and it causes a little bit more curiosity. Okay. So for the generators, it's the frustration. For manifestors, it's anger. So my sister is one of those people. She's really, really smart. She's a super intellectual. She went to Yale. She's Ivy League. Um, she's a manifestor, and this stuff is far too woo for her. But she wanted to have success in her career. She was not having any success. Now, the not-self theme for manifestors is anger. And she was violently angry all the time, like explosive, like screaming and angry. And so I would just tell her one thing, you know, you're a manifester and you are here to go out and make something happen. And if you're not making things happen, then you're going to be really angry. Like one sentence. And she was like, you know, and it didn't take her long to start realizing that like, oh, wait a minute, I do have this power within me. And she was able to get her book published. She was able to start producing. She was able to, just that simple little thing, you know? So some people will take just that piece of information. Their life will begin to change. Some people will, um, for example, if you're a projector, the not-self theme is bitterness. Why is it so much easier for everybody else than me? Why did they, why are they able to keep up? Why are they able to work? Mm-hmm. And so they're bitter. And so, so many projectors come crawling to me. They're so bitter. Nothing works for them. Why? And that's the feeling. Why does it work for everyone else, but not me? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I just give them one little thing. Okay. Just try this experiment with this and their life gets better. And so that's when it's practical for me, it has to be practical like if it's a practical tool that will imp, you know influence your day-to-day life i think it has a bigger impact because people are like okay i hate feeling like this i'm ready to change you know i'm ready to have okay. a different feeling mm-hmm. and so that helps you know with people who are not interested in the woo woo part of it then it's delivering the practical part of it gotcha 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 do you find yeah. that um as people are going through these things that they need a lot of support to keep them sort of in that lane? Absolutely. I mean, I have clients that have worked with me for years and years and years. And, you know, they, first of all, they love the information because it's those people, some people who love to study. And so there's a lot to learn if you want to learn. It's really simple if you want to just kind of implement a couple pieces and change your life. But it's also this deep, rich study where you can, you know, learn so much and go deeper and deeper within it. So, yeah, I do have a lot of clients that stay with me through the whole experiment, especially 
you know, when your life begins to change, because it takes time. You know, a lot of people realize this career is not correct for me. So what do I do? So they want to unravel that career. And so that's not just something that happens overnight. It sometimes takes years to unravel something that's really, you know, or a marriage that's not working, a relationship that's not working. It mm -hmm. takes time to kind of unravel that and mm -hmm. start something new. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I do work with my clients a lot and I work on all the areas as well. But uh, I do think that people need time and they need support and they need to be able to like step-by-step step make those changes. Right. I think it's, you know, it's typical for people who are not aware of these kind of strategies or aware that they have different dimensions to themselves than what they think they do to measure themselves against other people. And I think we're trained in this generation to do that. We're shown things. This is who you must be. Yeah. <laughs> this is what you must wear. This is the weight you must have. <clears throat> and this, I guess this really goes back, back to uh, the internal versus external validation. But um, it's very difficult for people to break out of the mold that they're conditioned to be in. And conditioning happens over a long period of time. It's very much dyed in the wool. So you're right. It takes the determination of going, I can't take this anymore. I'm not going to do this anymore, which some people may call hitting bottom or whatever it is where you go, <clears throat> I need something different because this is not working. Um, this is a question. <clears throat> it sounds like something you may have pondered yourself, but because I'm a really out of the box thinker. Do you think we come in with our human design? Do you think this is a soul issue? A soul, yeah, like a soul contract kind like, of thing? Like, well, do you think that we, our soul carries this? Yeah. Throughout time? Absolutely. Okay. I do, I absolutely do. I think that we have our life circumstances and then we have sort of like, this soul awareness or soul contract. And there, there is an interesting piece too that, that um, human design does divides up. Like you can, you can see the divide between where you're conscious and where you're unconscious, mm. you know, and it shows you this place of almost like where you're, um, your soul and where your personality split. Okay. Well, it's a really interesting, really interesting question. I, I definitely agree with that. Yeah. Okay. okay. That's, that's, that's very interesting to know. So it's at the deepest essence of who we are is, is our human design, <clears throat> but it's not, not just a human design. It's, an, it's basically an eternal design. It's who we are, you know, um, who we really are and who carries right. on. So, okay, let's talk a little bit about money and wealth because um, people equate success with money and wealth. Um, not everybody's going to have money and wealth. Some people are going to have enough to live. That's really the goal is to be able to maintain a life, you know, that you desire. Uh, 
does this, I'm sure that people were thinking, well, is this going to bring me wealth and fame and, you know, all that kind of stuff? So what do you say about that? Yeah, I think that's a really interesting question. I I think that uh, according to this particular, this system, is that wealth is our natural state. We're not designed to be struggling financially. We're designed to have enough money to live in a way that we love. So I think what happens with wealth, and this is just my opinion, I think what we see is that people get into the place where they're willing to sacrifice certain things for more money. So they're going to maybe sacrifice what they know is right or sacrifice their health or overwork or, you know, think that they have to do certain things for money. So the very first stage is to know that you don't have to sacrifice for money, that you can be uniquely yourself and have the money that you need to do that. You're, you know, the universe will bring you what you need to live as your unique self. And so for someone who's like me, that's a projector where they say you're, you're not here to work full-time hours. And I found out about this when I was in corporate America working, you know, all day long and all night long and, you know, totally burned out in my mind, I'm thinking, how am I ever going to make enough money to live as my unique self? So that's the first level of thinking that needs to be reevaluated is like, okay, I'm going to trust that if I live my unique self, I'm going to have what I need. And then I'm going to be able to align to a career that's correct for me. And it's not something you can linearly or even logically figure out. It's a process of living as yourself and then seeing the signs of power, seeing the synchronicities and letting something unfold. And then as far as the level of wealth goes with that, I'm sure that has a lot to do with how people were raised, what they're used to, what their level of wealth kind of, you know, what they think is wealth. And I do think that that there's a lot of nuances with that, you know? So if you were raised middle class or whatever, it's probably easier to have. Like I noticed that it was hard for me to change from my corporate career to where I am now. But what happened is, is that I was able to replace that amount of money because that's what I was used to. Mm -hmm. And that was sort of something that I understood you know, so I do think that it takes a little bit of finessing as far as what your background is, what your history is, that kind of thing. Okay. There is, this requires that, <clears throat> maybe not in the beginning, but it does require in order to make these kind of changes that you do trust the process because there is going to be an interim of time where nothing is, you may see little things. But the big changes that you're looking for, you, you, if you want to go from here to here in a certain amount of time, I think it, it, we can tend to get very impatient with that process. And, and what I know is that things don't happen in our time. They happen when they're supposed to. So how do people stay on track during those transition times where it's not happening as fast as they think they want it to? 
say that is such a great question. And that is exactly it. There is a level of faith and trust that's a deep internal commitment mm -hmm. uh, to experimenting with the process. And how does one do that? I know there was a lot of transition period for me where I had to really learn how to trust. And I do think that has to do with a relationship with well-being within yourself. And I think what starts to happen is that the universe will give you sort of little nuggets mm -hmm. like, Oh, you, you know, when you follow this, you start to feel a little better, mm -hmm. you know? So like for me, when I decided to quit my corporate career, I felt so good inside mm -hmm. like, okay. Yeah. There was the fear of not having the money, but I felt so relieved. All the stress disappeared, all the anxiety with the people that were toxic and the situations that were toxic. I had such an incredible joy inside of myself. And I, yes, I had to live off my savings. Yes, I didn't know what was going to happen next. But there was like little things that were so beautiful and so amazing. And so you start getting these little things that you have to really feel into. And then, yeah, you get confronted with big challenges. Okay, now you're at this point. Are you still going to have the faith that it's going to work out? Are you still going to be able to believe in yourself? And I do think we are challenged and tested and all of these things um, along the way. And how do you stick with it? I think it's really just the strength. The strength begins to develop the more faith you have in whatever it is that you're following. You know, for me, it was a combination of my spiritual connection and then following this system that I had grown to really believe in. And I'd really like, I've been, I would, I read and got certified and really understood the system before I was willing to like really live it, you know? Right. Um, yeah, I think that, um, and I agree with you that when you start the process, that you do get little indications. I call them signs, where it's, where, you know, signs. <clears throat> and I know that when I became aware of the signs that were put before me and started to follow them, they took me where I needed to go. You know, it was truly amazing. And sometimes the signs didn't make any sense to me. But I went, okay, I'm being shown this for a reason. Let's go in that direction. And it's not like you get taken from where you are right to where you need to be. There's a lot of little nudges along the way that you have to pay attention to. Some people call them doors or windows. You know, it's like you open this door and then there's 10 more doors, you know, and then you open one of those doors and there's 10 more doors. You know, it's like, it keeps it it's the way of the universe and we are such um a big part of the um the consciousness of the universe we are so much a part of it that we are going to be okay 
we are going to be okay if we just allow. Yeah, that's exactly it. That's so beautifully said. And I think that that process is so profound for each person and so beautiful and it awakens such a connection to all of the unseen forces that if you allow for that you really do move into a mystical beautiful experience you know for me in the very practical terms like I was saying I moved from a corporate career but I was stuck in that career for a really long time because I was single I owned my own home I did not understand how I was going to be able to pay my mortgage and I had so much fear and anxiety around money because of my upbringing and so leaving that and deciding to start my own was really, really, really hard for me. Mm-hmm. So everybody's going to have that one piece for them, whether it's leaving, you know, a relationship that's abusive or leaving a career or whatever it is, you know, everybody's going to have that one thing that's really, really hard for them to do. Mm-hmm. And that's going to feel like impossible. And as you start taking those steps out and taking those steps forward, it is like a miracle after miracle. And I mean, I just can't even express how much happier I am um, being out of that career, you know? And there's no way I logically could have figured it out while I was there. Mm -hmm. I've talked to so many spiritual teachers and leaders who have come from the corporate world. So many that took that leap because they, it just was not them. You know, and I have clients that come to me and they're in careers that are so wrong for themselves, but they've convinced themselves that this is how they have to live their life, you know? And um, there's, I had one client in particular, I always give people permission to be who they are and to do what they wanna do. You know, I said, there's no shoulds, there's no have tos, you get to be who you are and what you wanna do. And when this particular client got it, his world just burst open, you know, it was like, he's like, I don't have to do that. I can do this. I'm like, well, what do you love doing? Well, I wanted, always learned, wanted to learn to play piano. I said, then learn to play piano. That's in there because there's a reason for that. But he started, he went from being um, really depressed to being so enlightened that he wanted to constantly share it. So, <clears throat> I see this all the time. I see it in myself and I've seen it in clients, um, but it, it takes a while sometimes to get through to people, but it does make major changes. I mean, I've seen huge changes in my clients who let go of control and just be, you know, be and listen. So um, I completely agree with you. How old is the science of human design? Yeah, it came through in 1987. So it's, relatively new compared to a lot of other uh, teachings. Uh, So it came through a man named Ra Uruhu, who said there was a mystical event in 1987, and it was downloaded to everybody at that time. But he got the information and uh, took him quite a long time to transmit it and to bring it forward. And there are a lot of layers. There's just so many layers from 
how to eat to how to where to live um how to what your motivation your thinking process there's a whole system of um how you're connected to your guides like it just goes on and on and it's just an incredible amount of wisdom i mean i really i gotta hand it to him like the level of information this man received. It, I mean, because I, I like to read a lot of different spiritual experiences and spiritual awakenings and things that people have done. Mm-hmm. I love it because I'm so curious about it. Mm-hmm. His was really, really unique. <laughs> and he, so <clears throat> during this time, he just downloaded this whole thing. Well, he was downloaded the information and it was, you know, it merged all of these teachings, the 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 I Ching, all of these things kind of merged together. And he was mm-hmm. shown the chart and shown how all this process worked. But it took him years and years and years and years to write about it, talk about it, teach about it, create his school. Mm-hmm. And now he's actually been transitioned. He died about 10 years ago, maybe 15 years ago. So he's so now the information, the idea of this information is that it, once someone experiments with it, they then get new information. So it's mutative. It's not something that's like stuck and that's the final word. It's information that people are experimenting with, bringing forward. So um, one of my clients and I are um, working on a whole new level of how this information reads in the codons and the DNA because mm. the DNA code aligns to the I Ching. And he talked about it, but there's like new levels. If you really research the codons and how we're interacting with our health, mm-hmm. there's new levels to read it. So there's just constantly new revelations and new ways of kind of seeing it along mm-hmm. this thinking. Because the DNA, just like the DNA and... Um, health, there's always new developments mm-hmm. um, in how you're reading those codes. So it's, this is really endless. I mean, we could explore this forever, eternally, because there's it's always a rabbit more. hole for mm-hmm. sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, so, okay. So um, Raquel, do you, if someone wants to work with you, how do they get in touch with you? Yeah, so um, there's the our website, RaquelReina.com, and you can get your free chart there. So if you're wondering what your aura type is, if you go to RaquelReina.com, um, you put in your birth details, and you can get your free chart hmm. and find out which one of the aura types. And then if you go to um, our YouTube channel, Raquel and Davidian Unleash Your Genius, you can find out the basics of each aura type. So you can learn, you know, your basics. And, and that's sort of how we people usually like to get started. And then for those people who get obsessed, they then jump into my classes, right? So I do teach a lot of different classes, but usually people want to just experiment with the basics. And so we do have that available so you guys can try it on and see which type you are and see if it makes a difference in your life. Okay, okay. That's great. And so you said that the, our birth date is a big indicator of what all of this is. So that is very much like astrology. Is it birth date and time? It is very much like astrology. 
Um, it starts with birth date and birth time mm-hmm. and um, the place. And it just adds other dimensions to it. So it's the astrology and then it puts um, the pieces of the I Ching um, mixed with the astrological forces. And then the I Ching pulls out the Kabbalah and then they put it in a system with the chakras. So it kind of puts all, it's really, yeah, it puts all of these pieces together. So when you see your chart, so if you'll see actually up here, I have, this is what one of the charts looks like. So you'll see it has the nine centers and then the Sifereth and these are like the Kabbalah. So it shows you like how they're all related and they were able to figure this out via, you know, your astrological um, pieces to the puzzle. That's incredible. It really is outrageous. It's wonderful. Yeah. As I was reading the book, I'm like, wow, there's so much to know about this. You, you really have to study this, uh, in order to be able to teach it. You really have to invest yourself quite heavily into it in order to teach it. So, um, you know, Thank you. I know that you were that interested that you wanted to do that. But thank you for bringing this to us today, because as we're talking, I'm thinking about different clients. I'm like, they need to hear this. I want people to hear this. So um, I always share it on YouTube. But then there's certain clients where I say I'm sending this to you directly because it speaks to that. And uh, and I thank you so much, Raquel, for um, your book. Where do we get your book through your website? So yeah, the book is actually on Amazon and also on Audible. So Are You a Mutant, Raquel Reyna, um, you can get it at those two places. And of course, yeah, there's a link on the website. Um, but if you love Audible like me, just use, you know, just grab it on Audible. That's my favorite way to listen to books. <laughs> okay, awesome. Thank yeah. you so much for being Thank with you. us today. I really enjoyed our conversation. Me too. Me too. Thank you so much. And thank you for the work that you do. I know that was a big part of my healing. So it's Mm. really important to know how those traps uh, influence us. So thank you for having me. You're welcome. Well, have a wonderful day. Thank you. You too. Thank you.